good morning, Central. It's so good to be here. Um, I'm surprised. There's a lot of faces that I don't recognize. So just quick introduction. My name is Chelsea Jasky. I used to be the youth director here at Central about a year ago. Um, since then, I've had a baby and moved to Fort Dodge, and now I get to stay home with two lovely boys. So it's definitely been a journey and a ride, but it is so good to be back here. You guys are like my home, my safe space. I can just kind of be me uh, up here in front of you. So it really, truly is an honor to be here today. Um, I think I was looking, the last time I was here was June. So where those last five months have gone, I have no idea. Uh, We were just getting into nice weather and now we're battling snow and cold and holiday season. Uh, I'll tell you what, I love the holiday season. Anybody else love holiday season? I know it comes with its challenges as well. Uh, let me uh, just start by dividing the congregation, shall I? Uh, we're going to have some healthy rivalry here. How many of you already have your Christmas decorations up? My people. How many of you think that should absolutely wait till after Thanksgiving? <laughs> so many more of those, but it is interesting how we're kind of regardless of whatever camp you fall into, like we're very passionate. Like I am not going to redecorate my entire house for 30 days. It will stay up. I would put it up in August if I could, and it will likely stay up all the way through January until my husband says they're either coming down or going in the trash. So that is my camp that I am in. My Christmas decorations have been up. Um, but Obviously, like holidays, right? It's For me, it is just a fun time of year. And you can have your opinions on this, but I will say I do actually even love Halloween. We just got done with Halloween. We're moving into Thanksgiving. I think what I like more about Halloween, though, is just the time of year that it falls on. Uh, truth be told, I am basic. Give me my pumpkin spice lattes. Give me my Ugg boots, my sweaters, my fall candles. I just love fall and Halloween. Uh, the other thing, though, that I love about kind of the Halloween season, I guess, is scary movies. Anybody else a scary movie fan like I am? I always have been. I just have always loved scary movies. And so, of course, there's a lot of scary movies that come out around Halloween. Now, here's the deal. I will say I love scary movies until I'm actually watching it. And then when I'm watching the movie, I am sitting there like this with my feet up, like, why did I agree to this? I hate scary movies. I'm never watching another one again. But It's kind of silly because, and I think everyone would agree with me on this, aren't scary movies so freaking predictable, right? I mean, there's a reason why there's movies like Scream that make fun of scary movies because, oh, there's a scary sound in the basement that I think there's someone down there. Let's go check it out. No, Karen, don't go down in the creepy basement where the lights don't work, right? Or my favorite, this one's my favorite, where they do the little kick in the knife or whatever weapon they have just kind of goes like just out of reach of the predator and then they start taking off running as if the guy on the ground is going to just reach over and start chasing you like no beat the crap out of him and then start running (laughs) right it's like why why do they do these things and yet they still creep us out the other predictable part about scary movies though is that nothing ever bad happens during the day or in the light right It's always at night, or it's in that dark basement. It's in the dark attic. And it's, you know, as soon as that scene changes from daytime to nighttime, you know something bad is going to happen. Now, there's this eeriness, there's this ominousness that kind of is associated with darkness. There's like this heaviness that we all feel 
right? And it's in contrast to the opposite of darkness, which is light. And light, on the contrary, feels warm. It feels inviting. It feels, as the English word says, light, not heavy, right? And you can see this clear distinction. It's almost as if this distinction has kind of been ingrained in us. You know, like Hollywood preys on the fact that we know this distinction, that we feel creepy with the dark, and so they have the bad stuff happen then. It's almost as if this distinction has been there from the beginning. Now, the Bible has a lot to say when it comes to darkness and light and our role in it and also God's role. So much so that it's almost overwhelming. But I want us, if we want to truly understand what God has to say about darkness and light in our world today and now, we have to start from the very beginning. So we're actually going to look at the only the first five verses of the Bible. So if you have your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to look at, again, just the first five verses, verses 1 to 5. And how I like to do my sermons, I like to kind of read a little bit. We'll talk about it, read a little bit, talk about it. Um, so let's just start by reading verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now I want to stop for a second, because if you've grown up in the church, or even if you haven't, I think many of us have maybe read these verses hundreds, thousands of times. And so it's easy for us to just look past the, the richness and the meaning that is hidden within these words. So it says here, now the earth was formless and empty. I want to talk about these words. Formless and empty here, this earth, it means what it says, right? There's no form. There's nothing there. There's a big void. But what also is translated within these words is that this earth right now is in a state of confusion. There's a sense of chaos that's present. There's a sense of disconnection, like nothing makes sense. The words are also translated vain, like vanity, where there's a pointlessness to it all, a worthlessness. So yes, the earth is in a state of emptiness, but it's also in this crazy, chaotic, confusing, disconnected mess. And what we read, the very next word, it says darkness was over the surface of the deep. And we see right here, the very first thing that God wants us to know is this association between darkness and kind of that heaviness that we talked about in the beginning. That this darkness has been kind of built into creation from the very beginning in terms of earth as we know it. Now it's important for you to understand that, that this darkness has kind of always been there and that heaviness associated with it. But the really important part takes place in the second half of verse 2. So we have this earth, right, in the dark, formless state. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. We see here that, yes, while darkness is present, God is separated from that darkness. That, yes, it might be built into earth, but that darkness is not built into God. He is hovering. He is separated from the darkness. You see, God has always been and will always be separated from darkness. And if these verses weren't clear enough, uh, one of my favorite ones that just makes this so crystal clear comes from 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. 
This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. Now, some of you might have seen this example before, but I think it just beautifully illustrates this point. In this bottle, I have here what represents the darkness and the light. So it's just black water at the bottom. And I want you, this darkness represents not only physical darkness, but the darkness that you guys know and experience, right? It's, it's that darkness of those, that pain of your past, um, those, those fears about the future, those hardships, those heartaches, that depression, that anxiety, whatever that is, that's the darkness that we're talking about. That's what's represented here. And the top is oil. It's the light. It represents the light of God. And you see, obviously, there is a distinct separation. But what's also beautiful is that even when I shake this water bottle up, the water and the oil will always be separate. They will never mix together. And I find so much comfort in that, knowing that no matter what is happening in my world, no matter how much darkness I feel like I'm facing or what's happened to me or what I'm going through, that it does not influence who God is and his role in my life. That this world can be crazy and chaotic and a confusing, pointless mess, but it does not affect him. And not only that, but we have that light available, that power available to us every single day, at all times. Now, that truth alone is enough. If we really, truly let that truth sink into the depths of our souls, we understand, we know how we can turn away from the darkness and start living a life of freedom and of love and the way that God wants us to live. But <laughs> I'm here and you're stuck with me for a little bit longer and I like to talk. So I want to read the next few verses because the next three verses in Genesis are just chef's kiss <laughs> because they talk about this light. They talk about the power and the strength of the light of God. So let's continue on. Uh, so again, we have this world, right, in the state of chaos, confusion, and darkness. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, there was morning the first day. Now again, we've heard this before. We know, right? On the first day, God created light. There's night and day. It's easy for us to assume that this light that enters the world at this time is light as we know and understand it, physical light. But we are not talking about physical light as we know it entering the world. You see, it's only on the, it's not until the fourth day that God creates physical light. It's the fourth day that the sun, the moon, and the stars enter the world. And so this light that enters this crazy, dark, chaotic world is a light of supernatural power. It's not just physical. It is the light of God that we just read about in 1 John. It's a light that we read in Revelation will be the only light that we will need someday. We won't need physical light because the light of God is enough and will always be enough. It's that light of love, of peace, of compassion, of mercy, of grace, of order. That's the kind of light that enters this dark world. And now 
it's important for us to get this because God saw where we are today. And he knew that we wouldn't be stumbling around in the dark, right? Not being able to meet our basic needs because we're worried about not seeing. That's not the kind of darkness that we face. But we do face spiritual darkness, don't we? The darkness of depression. The darkness of suicidal thoughts. The darkness of just debilitating fear and anxiety, pains and hurts. And what God is showing us from the very beginning, the first thing he wants us to know is that that darkness can be overcome. And that darkness is overcome by the supernatural power and light of God himself. He is saying that that darkness, yes, it has existed and you will experience it, but I am greater and I am separate and I will overcome. He shows us that the first step, if we want to move from a life of darkness, of chaos, of confusion, of hopelessness, of emptiness, insert your own darkness here. If we want to move away from that life, the first step is to let in the light. Now let's think about this on a very practical level. Uh, level. How many of you guys have kids? Anybody have kids out there? Okay, how many of you had a point or time, or maybe when you were younger, uh, where your kids were afraid of monsters, either under their bed or in their closet? Yeah, we had one. We had a monster in our basement. Um, we ended up actually naming him Gary. <laughs> uh, he's our friendly monster now that just goes with us everywhere we go. Um, but yeah, we definitely had a time where we were dealing with that. Uh, Here's the funny thing, though. As an adult, I, I have my own monsters in, under the bed in the closet. Here's what I do. And hopefully I'm not alone in this. I'll do this thing where I'll watch true crime documentaries right late at night in bed. And then I'll try to turn the TV off and go to sleep. And I'll lay there convinced that every single sound my house makes is a murderer in my bathroom, waiting till I fall asleep so he can murder our whole family. <laughs> right? Like That's my version of monsters in my closet. But going back to the kids, right? What do we do when our child comes to us and says, Mommy, Daddy, there's a monster under my bed? Turn on the light. We turn on the light. We get out a flashlight and we shine it in their closet under their bed. We let the light illuminate that area to show them that that monster is not real. Think about this in a different way. Put yourself, and you can close your eyes if it helps you. Think about being in a dark room where there's no light entering in whatsoever. What is the only way to get rid of that darkness? If you sit there and you worry and you overthink and you're just stressed to the max about this darkness, does that get rid of it? What if you get angry and you shout and you say, darkness, get out? Does that get rid of the darkness? What if you just pretend it doesn't exist? What if you just avoid it altogether? Does that get rid of it? What if you sit there and you just wallow and you feel sorry for yourself and say, oh, poor me, I'm in this dark room. Does that get rid of it? What about time? What if we sit there and think, well, I just won't do anything because eventually at some point there will be light let into this dark room. Does that work? Now I know I am like, hammering this point, but the only way to get rid of that darkness is to let the light in. 
And here's the deal. We know we all face our own darkness on this earth, our own hardships and pain. And yet, what is our first instinct when we experience that? Myself included. It's to do those things we just talked about that we know won't get rid of it. We worry ourselves. We get angry. We shout how things aren't fair. We avoid it or we pretend it doesn't exist. We just think that at some point down the road, it'll just get better. But none of that will actually take us from a life of negativity, of pessimism, of darkness, into a life of light and ease and happiness and joy. It is only by letting in the light of God. God is whispering to us, just let me in. I get it. I'm saying this to myself as I'm even speaking out loud. Ah, great, Chelsea. Yeah, that makes for a great sermon. Mic drop. Woohoo. But you don't know what I've been through. You don't know the pain that I've experienced. You don't know my past and what I've done. You're right. I don't. And quite frankly, I never will. But what I do know is what God tells me. And what I know is what God tells me is true. And what he tells me is that our darkness can be overcome by his light. And if that truth is true for me, it has to be true for you. Because God doesn't play favorites. He doesn't care what your past looks like. That truth is available to you too. So then the only question remains then is how? How do we, it's great to talk about this, but really, how do we start stepping into the light? How do we let God's light into our lives. So that's what this next section of my sermon is going to be talking about. And again, I want this to be very practical, very tangible for you to be able to take out of these doors today and start working with and practicing and implementing in your lives today. So let's go back to that dark room. I promise this is the last time we'll go there, okay? But if you're in a dark room, what are different ways that you can let light into a dark room? How can you get light in there? You can just shout them out. What's an easy one? Uh, up louder, I can't hear. Open the, curtains. Open the curtains. Amen. What else? Oh, come on. There's more. What's the easy one? Turn the lights on. Yes, absolutely. And that can be right. You can light a candle. You can get a flashlight out. But like, turn the lights on. What else? Open the door. Excellent. And I came up with one more. Um, so let's review. Yes, we can pull up the shades, right? We can turn on the lights. We can open the door. Um, growing up, we had a garage that was just like filthy and it had windows in it, but we, there was really no light that was coming in because the windows were just so dusty and dirty. And so another way we can let the light in is cleaning the windows, right? If they're dirty enough, that won't let the light in. So I want to use this very practical framework uh, to help us again Think of ways that we can begin to walk away from a life of chaos and darkness and confusion and into a life of hope and happiness and joy and love. So the first way to let the light in, pull up the shades. What do I mean by this? I think some of us are just so used to our pain and so used to our darkness uh, that we just think it's normal. And society tells us, well, life sucks. It's hard. Deal with it. You're always going to have problems. And so we just keep our heads down and we keep the shades drawn on our life and we just keep on keeping on 
just trying to get through the day. And we just think that that's just the life that we're supposed to live. And rarely do we stop and actually pull up the shades on our life and ask ourselves, is this really the life that God has called me to live? Does he really want me to connect with his fellow sons and daughters from a place of darkness and depression and anxiety? Is that really how God wants us to live? So sometimes letting the light in is as simple as just pulling up the shades. It's asking ourselves the hard questions. Looking at where we currently are and asking ourselves, is this really where I want to be? Is this where God wants me to be? And the very first question that we have to ask ourselves when we pull up the shades and look internally is have we received Jesus Christ into our lives? Have we received that free gift of salvation that, again, he gives to every single one of us, no matter what? See, Jesus is the only true light. It is the only way to true freedom. And we can do all these other things that we'll talk about, but Jesus is the only way to experience that true freedom. We read this over and over and over again in the Bible. It is so clear, and Jesus tells us this himself. And one of my favorite verses comes from John eight twelve, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. It is only through him can we experience the light. So you have a question on your outline. I want you to answer, have you received his free gift of salvation? And if not, are you willing to today? Are you ready to leave behind that life of darkness and start walking in the light? Because once we answer that question, then we can start to answer some of these other questions. We can start to ask ourselves, pull up the shades of our life and think about what is keeping me in darkness? What areas of my life are causing me stress, are causing me unhappiness? What areas do I feel hopeless, not good enough? What areas am I confused about in my life right now? Because sometimes it truly is, again, as easy as just recognizing these areas to show us the next steps forward. And again, you guys have lines on your outline where I really truly want you to answer this for yourself. And I want you to be specific, but I also want you to understand that we're not trying to fix the problem right now. So whatever is causing that stress and that unhappiness in your life currently, right now all we're trying to do is just to pull up the shades, let light illuminate that issue so we can break out of that cycle of autopilot and thinking that this is the life that God wants us to live, that this is just how it's supposed to be. Now, this is enough. This might be enough. This sometimes might be all we need to continue to walk in the light and leave behind some of that hurt from the past. But sometimes it's not enough. Just like those dirty windows from the garage. You know, the shades were up, but the windows were so dirty, we couldn't let the light in. And so sometimes we have to clean the windows. How does this relate to our own lives? We need to start the process of cleaning our minds. 
of clearing our minds and our hearts of all the junk that keeps us stuck in the darkness and in a dark place. Romans 12.2 says this, Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You see, all of our actions, everything we do, is a direct reflection of how we think. And if our minds are constantly in a state of darkness— it will be nearly impossible for us to step foot into the light because we're so stuck in our thinking. And one question we can ask ourselves is, what am I holding on to that I need to let go of? You see, so often in our life, the stuff that we goes on in our heads is only holding us back, and it's not affecting anyone else. It's only keeping us in the dark. I was let go from a job about four, four and a half years ago or so. And for four years, for four years, I had so much resentment and anger towards those supervisors that let me go. I felt it was so unfair. And one day I just decided, I'm tired of feeling angry. I am tired of staying stuck in that dark place of anger. I want to live a life of freedom, God. And so I decided to let that go. And that moment of letting that go and freeing myself from that is so beautiful and powerful. And the, his face came across my Facebook of people you may know the other day, and it was the first time I could look at it without like feeling angry. And it's so freeing. So maybe it's someone in your life that you need to forgive who hurt you in the past, that you're ready to just let go of that. Maybe it's a regret that you have, wishing things were different. Maybe you think you could have said something or done something differently, and you hold on to that regret. Are you ready to let that go today, to let the light in, to stop living in that dark place of regret and start living in the love that Jesus offers us? Another question we can ask ourselves is, how am I holding myself back? I like to say that I am a recovering, because I'm working on it, uh, perfectionist and people pleaser. And because anytime I didn't do something perfectly or anytime I made someone upset, I would instantly get in this negative headspace where I would talk to myself the way that I would never talk to anyone else. I would say things like, Chelsea, you're so stupid. Oh, I can't believe you did that. Well, you're not good at that anyway. Right? And I would just get stuck in this negativity and this pessimism. And again, I made the choice to decide that I'm tired of living that way and tired of living in that darkness. And so what I've been implementing, and this just works for me. I'm going to share it because it's been transformative in my life. Obviously, it might not work for everybody. But in those moments where I'm tempted to just go back to my natural state of negativity and darkness, I take a moment and either out loud or most of the time in my head, I will say, I love myself the way God loves me, unconditionally. I love myself the way God loves me, unconditionally. And it's just a, it takes me out of that darkness and into the light. You see, because I have a God that loves me no matter what. No matter what I do, no matter what I've done, 
No matter what my past looks like, he still loves me unconditionally. And he made me perfectly and beautifully and wonderfully. And because he loves me, that means I can love myself too. I can let go of that negative self-talk and I can love myself too, even if I don't do it perfectly. How are you holding yourself back? What things are you ready to let go of? How can we start cleaning the windows of our minds? The third thing we can do to let light into our lives is, I would argue, the easiest one is simply turn on the lights, right? And what do I mean by turning on the lights of our life? Simply put, gratitude. You see, every single one of us has light available at our fingertips every single day. All of us have something we can be, many things we can be grateful for. No matter how bad you think your life looks right now, no matter what's going on, we all have so much that we can be grateful for. The fact that you're sitting here today or even watching online is proof that you have access to something half the world doesn't have access to. If you had a car that took you here, a coat that kept you warm from the cold, a family sitting next to you, those are all reasons just right here today that you have to be grateful for. And sometimes it truly is as simple as just flipping that switch of gratitude to get us out of that dark, negative space and into the light. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in some circumstances. It's not what it says. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You see, God knows that when we are thankful all the time, it is really dang hard for that darkness to enter in and take over. With Thanksgiving coming up this week, it is a perfect opportunity to practice gratitude. Now, I get it, though. Like, the holidays are not easy for a lot of us. And whether this is maybe the first year, um, maybe you're having to experience the holidays without a loved one, or in a different situation than past years. Maybe your holidays have been filled with just pain and sorrow for many, many years. I know, it's hard. But when we are tempted to get back into that dark, that darkness, that negative state of mind, I'm asking us, and I'm telling myself this too, double down on gratitude. Double down, even if it means halting the Thanksgiving meal and taking out a piece of paper and writing as many things as you can possibly think of that you're thankful for. Do what it takes to get yourself away from the darkness and stepping into the light because there is freedom and there is joy and there is peace in that light. And gratitude is a beautiful way for us to take that step into that. So what are you thankful for in your life right now? Not yesterday, not what you're looking forward to right now in your current situation. What can you thank God for right now? We can do all these things, right? We've talked about pulling up the shades. We've talked about cleaning the windows. We've talked about turning on the lights of gratitude. We can look at where we are and where we want to be. We can start to work on our mental states. We can be grateful in all things, but sometimes it's just not enough. Sometimes we need more. And sometimes the only option left is to open the door and leave the dark room. Open the door 
take action. You see, so many of us in our life, we, we do this thing where we wait and we think, well, when my money or my finances get in order, when I make more money, then I'll donate. Then I'll contribute more. Or, or when my kids get old enough or they get out of the house, well, then I'll have more time and then I'll volunteer. Or when my job becomes less stressful, then I'll be in a better spot where I can do that thing that I finally, what I promised myself I would do. And we think that once our circumstances change, then our motivation to do that thing will change, which means we will actually take the action. But what happens is our circumstances may change, but huh, life, right? More circumstances, different circumstances get added. And so we never get that motivation to take the action. And in reality, how this works is completely backwards. You see, in order for us to have the motivation to continue on, we have to start by taking action. You see, it's taking that first step that leads to motivation to keep going. And that motivation to keep going will allow you to take another step, which will lead to more motivation and another step to more motivation. But it starts with action. Newton's law says that an object at rest stays at rest and an object in motion stays in motion. And I have never read or heard anything more true for my own life. Uh, if I start my Saturday with my butt on the couch, my entire Saturday will be my butt on the couch. <laughs> but if I start my Saturday just moving my body or just simply taking the laundry basket from the bedroom to the laundry room, my entire day is changed. But it's all because I made that choice to take that action, which allowed me to continue moving forward. You see, I've never regretted taking my next step but I've always regretted not taking my next step. Working out is a perfect example of this. I've never regretted, as much as I've hated wanting to do it, I've never regretted doing a workout, but man, I could count the number of times that I've regretted not doing it. James chapter 1, 23 to 25. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever in looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Simply put, the way to let the light in, take a step, a step, one step. I know that we talk about next steps at this church a lot, and I promise you it's not because the staff wants your free labor. Okay, it's great, but that's not the reason we talk about taking next steps. We talk about it because we know what it feels like to leave behind a life of darkness and walk into the light. And we know what it feels like to do that hand in hand with other believers also leaving behind that darkness and walking into light. But it's taking that step that gets us there. And we obviously want you to take your next step spiritually. But I want you, when you're answering these questions, to think about personally too. What next steps do I need to take just as a human being? What next steps do I need to take in my life as a father, as a mother, as a brother, sister? What next steps do I need to take in my job or my career? 
What next steps are you promising that you will take this week? Because I promise you, once you leave behind that life of darkness and start walking in the light, you won't regret it. That light of God will enter into your life in all areas and illuminate and show you that that darkness, that monster, wasn't even real in the first place. Let the light in. Let the light in. God is calling us to just let him in. He's whispering to our souls that it's all it takes. Let's pray, church. God, you know firsthand the darkness that we face on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. And we know that your heart breaks just as much as ours seeing us go through that. But you tell us time and time again, God, that you are greater than. That you can overcome that darkness for us. All we have to do is let you in. Help us, God, this week to pull up the shades of our life, to look at where we are and where we want to be with you in mind. Help us to begin to clean the process of renewing our minds and focusing on things above. Help us to turn on and flip the switch of gratitude, to be thankful for what we have in front of us. And help us, Lord, when the opportunity arises to open the door, to take our next steps, even if we don't know what the path looks like. You are so good, God, and we are so grateful that we serve a God that is never influenced by our darkness, but that's available to us always and forever. Your holy, beautiful, loving, light-giving name we pray. Amen.